Um, I've been thinking a lot this week about, um, if you know, if you're here at the 9.30 prayer meeting, you'll know that I've been thinking a lot this week about the world situation and uh, where we find ourselves at the moment and how I'm sure for all of us it's just really saddened our hearts and weighed heavy on our hearts this week as we've looked around our world. And I was thinking about it and thinking about how we all lived through the pandemic, didn't we? Remember that pandemic that happened a couple of years ago um, and uh, COVID and how we were all locked in and we never thought in our lifetimes we'd ever see that, that we would be in our homes, um, shut away from one another, you know, um, in this worldwide pandemic, you know, and we talk about COVID today and, you know, there's lots of it around at the moment, don't like to say it, but there is, um, and we like, you know, it's not the threat that it was back at that time and things seem to just be returning to some kind of normality, you know, we were beginning to get back into the swing of life um, and, uh, yeah, learning to sort of live normally again. And then suddenly it felt like the world has kind of, I don't know, imploded on itself, doesn't it? It feels like everything has gone wrong in the last couple of years. There was the fires. Do you remember the fires um, that have been happening over the summer? You know, the wildfires that just swept across um, Europe and Canada and um, Australia, it's been everywhere. The fires have swept across the world. And then there's the war in the Ukraine, you know. I will never forget, I'm sure many of you are the same as me, um, waking up that morning. I remember going to bed that night and thinking, surely it won't happen. And waking up that next morning thinking, oh my goodness, Europe is in war, you know. Um, and could not believe that that had happened. Um, there was an earthquake this week in Afghanistan. In fact, there's just been the third one. 3,000 people have lost their lives in that earthquake, and yet we've hardly heard about it due to the war in Israel. You know, these things are just going on all over the world, and uh, it's happening everywhere. And if you're like me, you kind of flick through social media, don't you? You look through it, you look at the news. Um, I've got the app on my phone, so I look through the news app and keep regularly up to date. And it's probably one of the first things I look at in the morning to see, you know, has anything happened overnight that we should know about and be praying into? Has anything happened in the evening? Looking at it and you're reading, you're filling your mind constantly with the bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, and it gets worse and things just get worse. And there's this constant filling our minds with the bad news. And I really believe it's affecting people. It's having an effect on us. It's having an effect on us all. So what are we doing? How are we recognising that we are living in some of the most challenging days? We're in really challenging days. It's not only worldwide, but that's add to that all our different personal, individual situations that are going on. You know, on top of all the worldwide things. What is happening? Some people just carry on. You know, it doesn't affect me over there, so I'm going to carry on as I keep going around my day because I'm kind of going to shut it off and just keep going on and living life as normal. But I believe that we are called to have hearts that are broken and to pray. I believe that we're called to pray like never before. You know, we should be praying, 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 praying. These are real problems affecting our world today. And, you know, we really need to get on our knees and be praying. We need to be praying for our broken world. And uh, as I say again, can I encourage you on Friday evening to join us? You know, nine o'clock, Town Church Square. We're going to go out and pray for our town. I know it's our island, but we're going to pray. We want to pray for our island. We want to see people come to know Jesus, don't we? And we want to pray. So we're going to pray um, for our island on Friday evening. And I know it takes courage, but that's what we're speaking about tonight. So you will not have an excuse after we have finished listening this evening. Okay. And I want to speak about this a little bit this evening because 
I think that some of these problems cause us to, to live in fear and to feel a bit anxious, to feel a bit dismayed, um, to feel overwhelmed. You know, I, I know myself, I feel helpless. And I was so grateful when Simon said, do you want me to put some prayer points together? I was like, yes, please. Because you search around for prayer points where you can really pray into a situation. But we can feel really helpless. And if you feel any of those emotions this evening, can I just say to you, you're not alone. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. You won't be the first person to ever feel those emotions. And you certainly aren't the last. You are not on your own if you feel that way. And I want to just look at a character in the Bible that we know very well um, who can relate to maybe a bit about how we feel this evening. I want to have a look at Paul because he found himself in a place where he was totally overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed and he was discouraged. So I want to have a look at what Jesus said to Paul and what Jesus did to kind of give Paul back a bit of to revive him again, really, to give him a bit of life back and a bit of hope back. So I want to read a couple of verses from Acts 23, verse 10 and 11. Um, and uh, here we find Paul, and he's, before, he's just come before the Sanhedrin, and he stood up to Ananias the high priest. They've kind of you know, locked horns a bit together um, over the issue of resurrection from the dead. And it divided the Sanhedrin, okay? And so the Roman commander, he has stepped in. So this is where we are in verse 10, okay? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Be of good cheer. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Okay, just a couple of little verses. So we've, Paul's in prison. I, often when I'm speaking, Paul is in prison. Have you noticed that? He's often in prison, okay? Um, and I like the life of Paul because if you imagine hanging around with Paul, it would be never a dull moment. If you've got someone in your life like that, where you go around, there's never a dull moment, okay? There was either a riot or a revival, okay? He was like this man in the middle of um, everything. And here he is in prison, and I had a chat with someone the other day, in fact, another elder the other day, um, about how we sort of said, oh, it might be about someone going to prison. We said, oh, it might be quite nice to go to prison for a couple of days, lay on a bed and watch a bit of telly, get meals cooked for us, be served. Um, and uh, we'll have a bit... No, I'm joking. It's not really like that, I'm sure. It's sure it's horrible. Um, but this prison certainly wouldn't have been like that, okay? <laughs> this was more of a dungeon, Okay, so prisons weren't like our prisons. They were, it would have been a dungeon, okay? Imagine a horrible cave. I remember once when um, Joe was young, and he was only little, and him and his friend decided, they thought that they could get, you, maybe you can, I don't know, between, do you know where that little man used to live? <laughs> Why was he a little man? I don't know if he was a little man. That man used to live at Plymore in that little thing. Do you know what I mean? That man used to live in that... Okay. Well, Joe decided with his mate that they reckoned that they could get behind there and come out the other one, okay? So he reckoned he, they reckoned that they could scramble and there was a whole load of tunnels in that cliff, okay, and come out. 
and I got absolutely terrified because I was standing in this little thing going, boys, boys, are you there? And they were a bit like, we're stuck. <laughs> I was thinking, how? And I'm going to have to phone Cliff Rescue to come in and get them out of this thing. But it felt like a dungeon. Sorry, that's an illustration off-piste. Um, just to say, it's a bit, that's what, it would have been like smelly, dirty, damp, dark, horrible. It was a dungeon more than a prison, not a nice place to be. And I imagine that Paul here was feeling pretty discouraged. Okay, he's in this place feeling a little bit discouraged. So if you're discouraged or frightened about the future, I hope that these words of Jesus will bring you some comfort and encouragement and hope this evening. So verse 11 says, the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, be of good cheer. Here's Paul in prison. He's chained up. I don't know. Some Bible scholars, Andy Wade, always look at you for these moments. Would he have been chained up like this, I was thinking? Would he have been chained up like this? Don't know. He was chained up. Okay, he was chained up in chains in this dungeon. Okay, and um, I think he was probably doubting some of himself. It, was this really a wise decision? Did God really mean me to be here? Am I really in the place that God wants me to be right now, in this dungeon, in these chains? Have I made a terrible mistake? And in his hour of doubt, Jesus shows up. Jesus himself shows up. God doesn't send an angel. It's not Gabriel, come down to speak to Paul. It's Jesus himself, comes down, and he speaks to Paul. It's an amazing thing when you begin to realise that everywhere you go, Jesus goes with you. It transforms your walk through life. Anything you have to face, you know that Jesus is there with you. Jesus' presence is with you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. But then Jesus says to Paul, be of good cheer. Okay? Be of good cheer. Now, when I'm feeling miserable, <laughs> if Martin came in and said, put a smile on your face... I'd smack him, <laughs> put it nicely. I'm not going to feel very cheerful. In fact, it would make me more miserable. You know, if someone says to you, cheer up, and you're really down, and you're really low, that is not what you want to hear in those moments, is it? Cheer up, be happy, come on, just, just give a, put a smile on your face, jiggle it along. That's not what you want to hear. But actually, what Jesus is saying here is actually more accurately translated. It may be in your Bibles. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. You might be able to, it might be in your translation. There's a big difference between saying to someone, cheer up, come on, don't be so miserable, and have courage. Be of good courage. So what is courage? Courage can mean very different things. I'm quite a wimpy person, okay? I'm not very courageous. You might be surprised at that. I'm not, okay? How I'm speaking up here, I do not know. Every single week, I am terrified. Um, I failed my ESBs at school because I couldn't talk in front of people. For those of you who remember those English speaking boards that you had to do, yeah? I remember a time, sorry, I think I may have told this story before, but it's a good one. Um, I took my mum um, and dad to France, and we were going into the city, and we had to park a long way out the city, and we had to pick up a tram and go into, it's another about an hour, into the city. And my mum, bless her, said, I need a wee, okay? And I was like, well, you can't go for a wee. This is hopeless. The boys had all gone round the edge of the car park, as you do in France. But I said, you can't. 
you can't go. And she said, I'm not going to make it, Chris. I'm not going to make it. And so I said, OK, I've got to find somewhere that looks like I can get you in for a wee. So I found this place that looked like an old people's home. OK? <laughs> I thought if I took her in on my arm, I'd get away with it, OK? So I said, Mum, come on quick. And anyway, as we went in the door, there was a toilet. So I said, great, just get in the toilet, Mum. Just go in the toilet. So we pushed her in the toilet. And this lady came along, OK? And what possessed me? I don't know. I should have just said, Mama mon pipi, or something in my best French. But I didn't. I did the classic thing of, I hid behind the curtain. <laughs> I actually stood behind the curtain like this, so that I wouldn't be seen by this lady, because I was so scared of being caught. And it worked. I never got caught. And I thought, imagine if I had been, that would have been worse. But I managed to get her out. But I'm quite wimpy. I'm not, very, I'm not very courageous. You know, even in that situation, I was like, ooh, you know, what do I do? But courage takes different forms, doesn't it? There's so many different types of courage. There's courage when you, get a, um, when you go to the doctor and receive a really bad health report. That takes courage to face what you're going to have to go through. There's courage in exams. Okay, if you're studying for exams and you need courage to get through that exam, there's courage in speaking the truth. And I don't think courage comes very naturally to a lot of us. I think most of us have to muster up some courage. Okay, we all feel that nervous kind of churning inside, and we have to muster up that courage. To have courage doesn't mean that you don't have fear. It's not being fearless, but it's learning how to overcome your fear and to still do what God's asking you to do despite feeling afraid. There's moral courage. Moral courage is standing up for what we know is true in a world full of lies around us. That's really hard. Really hard today is to have that moral courage. It took courage. Do you remember Stephen in the Bible? He was speaking the gospel, even though he was about to be stoned to death. He still spoke up. Wow, that's moral courage. How about Daniel? Do you remember Daniel in the Bible? Um, You know, like if you remember the song... Good old Daniel. Do you remember that song? How did we sing it? Do you remember? Now Daniel prayed three times a day. Good old Daniel. Do you remember that? No? Um, He got thrown in the lion's den. Poor old Daniel. Do you remember we used to do all that in church? No? Yes? Yeah, you do. Come on. Um, Anyway, we used to do that. And remember Daniel... You know, a decree goes out, no one can pray. And Daniel still commits to praying to God because God is everything to him, even though he knew he's going to have to face those lions. Wow, what courage. What moral courage to do that. You know, in the face of being thrown into the lion's den, we need that kind of courage today to stand up, to stand up what we know is true, even if we're going to lose our reputation. That's hard. I would struggle with that, really struggle with that. You know, if you felt you were going to be falsely accused of saying things, but you knew you were speaking up for what is true. That's really hard. It takes courage today, I think, real courage to be married today. It's nothing about my marriage, but I'm saying it takes courage. It takes courage to stick to the vows that you made to one another, to have and to hold in better for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and health. That takes real courage to battle through sometimes. It takes courage if we're single to remain pure before we meet the person that we really want to, we know God has called us to marry. Now, it's not, I'm not saying it's the end of the world, 
But that's God's best for us. These are God's best for us. It takes courage to resist temptation and to live that life. So the big question is, where do we get that courage? Where do we find it? Because God is longing to give it to us. He's longing for us to be a courageous bunch of warriors for him. If you have children and they came home today with a pair of socks and you're thinking, what on earth are they doing in children's ministry? We were talking about having the armour of God on today and they were doing the boots of peace, okay? So just if you're wondering, that's an aside. Um, But that's what God is calling us to do, to put on our armour, to put on our armour and to be courageous. This particular little phrase that Jesus says, have courage, be of good cheer, It's used several times in the Bible, and I always think that when Jesus says something more than once, it's worth paying attention to, because it's something that he wants us to really have planted in our hearts and ingrained in our minds. So he uses it um, three times, and I just want us to think about those three circumstances. Firstly, he said it's the man who was paraplegic. Do you remember the man who was lying on the bed, and his friends brought him to Jesus? And they they battled through and, you know, got him there in front of Jesus. And Jesus said to the man, your sin is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. Now, I would imagine if I was lying there and couldn't walk, I'd be thinking, great. Thanks, Jesus. But what I wanted was to walk, okay? That's probably what I would be thinking. Uh, There he is. He's lying there. And Jesus says to him, Um, that your sin is forgiven. And the story goes on to say that the religious leaders, they were muttering in the background. Who does he think he is? Only God himself could forgive sin. Who does he think he is to say that I forgive you the sin? Isn't it always the religious (laughs) who mutter in the background? Anyway, just as a side. Um, and And Jesus says, I hear what you're saying. I hear what they're saying. And to show that I am the son of man, and the son of man has power to forgive, I say to this man, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Your sins are forgiven. Have courage. Get up and walk. And you know, that man got up and he walked out. And he walked out. His sins were forgiven and he was healed. So what happened was his forgiveness brought courage. And you know, for each one of us, sometimes it's our own sin and our own thoughts in our lives that cripple us. They absolutely cripple us. We feel that we're never going to be able to break free from that thing. And the second we do that thing or the second we think that thing, what happens? All the things, thoughts come in our head. Oh, you're not good enough. So you couldn't really do it. You know, you're never enough. You're not worth it. All those lies come in. Do you remember Phil was talking last week about the renewing of our mind, replacing those thoughts with God's promises, putting those promises of God into our mind rather than all of those thoughts. But those things come into our minds. You know, you might be broken by your sin. There might be things in your life that are just breaking you right now and that are holding you back and you just can't see a way out but you've been forgiven by God. You have been forgiven and restored. And God says this evening, it's time to get up and walk. It is time to get up and walk, to get off your mat and to walk into the freedom that I have bought for you with my son, Jesus. That's what God says to us tonight. Don't live in the past. Get up and walk into the future that I have for you. 
The second time Jesus uses this phrase, be of good courage, is a story that we looked at a few months ago about the lady who wanted to reach and touch the hem of Jesus' garment for her healing. Do you remember the lady with the issue of blood? She'd had that health issue for so many years. She'd been struggling with it. She'd gone to doctors, doctor after doctor after doctor. She'd paid so much money and just her healing wasn't coming. She just couldn't find healing anywhere. And she'd heard about Jesus and she knew that if she could just reach out and touch the hem of his robe, that she could receive her healing. And so she went and there's all these crowds around, aren't there? There's all these crowds and she's pushing and she's trying to get into where the, to where Jesus is. And finally she breaks free and she just touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? And the crowds, they all say, what are you talking about? Who touched you? There's people everywhere. People are trampling on your robe. They're pushing you. They're shoving you. Who, how did, loads of people have touched you. And he said, no, I know that power has left me. Someone has touched me. And in that moment, the crowds, I imagine, they look apart, you know. And there's that lady sort of sheepishly there, maybe on their knees, just there before Jesus. You know, it was her who reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And his words are so beautiful to her. He doesn't rebuke her. He doesn't tell her off. He doesn't, uh, he's not angry with her for pushing through or not asking. He simply says, my daughter, be of good courage, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So forgiveness brings courage. And now we see that power brings courage. Jesus' power brought courage. Jesus gave her this power. And remember the promise to each one of us. You shall receive power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to make you my witnesses. That's what God says to us. You will receive power from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I encourage you when you wake up in the morning, say, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Give me your power for where you're asking me to go today. Who are you leading me to? Who are you calling me to today? Where do you want to take me today? I need the power of your Holy Spirit in my heart and in my mind and in my life to be led to where you want to take me. You know, there are so many broken, hurting people who we come into contact with each week. And God's heart is breaking and we need to be available. We just need to be available to ask God to fill us again by the power of his Holy Spirit, to hear where he's taking us and to to be able to have the courage to grab the opportunities that he places in front of us. And the final use of be of good courage, you may know this, is in the storm. You know, the disciples there out in that boat in the middle of the storm and there's this massive storm that comes and the boat's shaking and it's rocking and they're freaking out. They're saying, I'm going to die. I'm surely going to die. I'm not safe. This is not safe. This is not what I came here for. And suddenly they see what they think is a ghost walking towards them. Of course, it's not a ghost. It's Jesus. It's Jesus himself walking to them. Jesus coming to them in their hour of need. What does he say to them? He says, be of good courage. Be of good courage. He puts himself in the place between the storm and themselves and the frightened disciples. He puts himself there right in that place. Imagine that you are walking down the road with a toddler, a little one on the pavement. What do you do? You always put them in by the wall, don't you, and hold their hand so that you're there by the side of the road in case a car hits you don't you? You put yourself in the way of the danger. It's your instinct. That's what Jesus is saying. He puts himself in that place. 
He puts himself in that place. You don't have to be afraid. So his forgiveness gives us courage. His power gives us courage. And his presence gives us courage. Just Jesus, knowing that Jesus walks with us, it gives us great courage. God reminded Paul that he was not alone. Again, verse 11, the following night, the Lord stood near Paul. Didn't stand at a distance. He stood near. He came to where Paul was. Even though the other Christians, the other believers, they they deserted him. They didn't stand by him. Jesus came to visit. And later Paul writes that everyone has abandoned me. I wonder sometimes, do you ever feel that everyone has abandoned you? Are you ever in that place where you feel like you've been abandoned? You've been abandoned by your friends. You've been abandoned by your family. Maybe you even feel that God has abandoned you at times because you feel like life is so hard. Listen, I want to say this tonight. And if you go away with nothing else, know this. That is not true. God has not abandoned you. He will never leave you. God will never abandon you. You know, when Jesus hung on the cross, he said some statements. And one of the most famous statements that Jesus said was this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? That is the moment that Jesus took upon himself all of our sin. He took it all upon himself in that moment so that we can know forgiveness. You know, we sing that song, the father turned his face away. In that moment, Jesus was forsaken so that we can be forgiven. And because of that, we can be confident that you and I, we will never be abandoned by God. God is never going to leave us. Jesus himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you. So that's what he's saying to Paul. I'm with you. My presence, I'm here. My presence is with you. Have courage. And I really believe that what the world needs more than anything right now is a people full of the power of the Holy Spirit. A people of courage, willing to go in the direction that God is asking them to go. It's going to look different for every single person sat here the place that God is calling you to. And I want to pray for us this evening. I really want to pray that we would know the forgiveness of Jesus, that we would know the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we would want more of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that we would experience the presence of Jesus, that we would know that wherever we go, that Jesus goes with us, and that we would be a people of courage, not of fear. So let's stand and I want to pray for us this evening. Let's pray. I just want to um, invite the um, prayer team, prayer ministry team, if you'd just come down the front here this evening, that'd be really great. Um, Into the corner here, that's brilliant. We've got um, a fantastic prayer ministry team here tonight who just love just to pray with you, to see God just release his Holy Spirit on us again, to um, just embolden us so that we can be a people of courage. We don't have to be a people of fear, knowing that Jesus is with us. So um, anything I've spoken about this evening, if you feel God's just placed something on your heart tonight, then please come forward and we would love to pray with you. So let's just pray together now. Father God, I thank you 
I thank you that we have um, a God who is interested in every detail of our lives. And Father God, I thank you that you say that you will never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for each one of us so that we might know forgiveness. I thank you that you want to empower us by your Holy Spirit to be courageous people. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we walk out from here this evening, that we will walk in the presence and in the knowledge of knowing that you go before us, you go with us into every situation, and we need not be afraid. We need not be anxious. Because Jesus himself is with us. I thank you, Father God. Lord Jesus, help us to be a courageous people and we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and pour down upon us now. In Jesus' name, amen.